invite up Chris Lenti, and he's going to share with us for a little bit. I'm excited to have him. Um, Chris ministers on the streets in Bangkok, and I remember when we met him. Um, you know, we went into Thailand. We were ministering with Nightlight, and I had this idea that it's these men, and we're walking through the red light districts, and I didn't have a lot of love in my heart for these guys. I was looking at them as the problem. And then we met with this guy who ministers to men, and he starts talking, and I believe he was just sharing God's heart for these guys. It totally twisted everything around for me and made me see much more clearly. And the reality was, like, these guys that he's ministering to, I realize they're not that different from you and me. And that was really humbling. That was kind of tough, but it just, I really appreciated his heart for that. So I'm excited to hear him share. Um, so please share with us what God's awesome. doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's a real pleasure for me to be here. I look forward to uh, trying to fit everything in in the next three hours that we have together. So, right. But Pastor John, thank you for this opportunity. Michael, thank you as well. And it's always good to be back here in this, the greatest city in Wisconsin. And so, uh, but as Michael was sharing, I run a ministry in Thailand called the MST Project. And the MST Project works with men, both believers and non-believers, both uh, in the church and outside of the church, who are struggling with areas of sexual immorality. And I'd like to start off with our motto. Our motto is, we seek to mentor men into a pursuit of sexual purity and greater spiritual wholeness. Let me explain to you why we use those words. We seek. We're always looking for men. We're not waiting for men to come to us. We're out there looking for men like the one sheep out of a hundred that is a little lost and a little wayward. We seek to mentor men, to mentor them. It's a lifelong process. It's not a 40-day book. It's not a six-month course. It's not a one-year program. It's a lifelong process towards greater Christ-likeness into a pursuit. We want to encourage men how to pursue purity. I can't do it for them. I can show them. I can encourage them. I can inspire them, but I can't do it for them. Teaching men how to pursue sexual purity. The world that we live in is tough. There's a lot of temptation and there's a lot of opportunity for men to fall, women as well. So we want to encourage men how to walk in sexual purity. But sexual purity isn't just what God calls us to. He wants to impact all of our lives. So it's really the pursuit of spiritual wholeness. Where does God want to touch your life so that more areas of your life reflect the character of God? Now, we do this in three ways. We minister to men on the street and men in the church, and then quarterly events that we run as well as mentorship groups. The first avenue is on the street, mentoring and reaching out to men who potentially are in Thailand to buy sex. And we all find it easy to love women. I understand that. We may definitely find it easy to love children, but men... It's a little bit of a different story because we've been programmed or trained or even we find it easy to look at one person as a victim and one person as a victimizer. And you are taught and we sometimes fall into that category of loving one and hating the other. But I'm reminded that a red light district is literally the visualization of evil. And both men and women, if they don't know God, need to know him. And it's easy to release ourselves from engaging with people when we look at people with a stereotype. He's nothing but a pervert. He's nothing but a a sex tourist. He's nothing but a John. And you're right. He is a John and a Michael and a Chris and you. He's potentially a father, okay? He's potentially a brother. He's potentially a son. But there is no doubt, friends, that he is 
a son to someone. He has a mother and a father praying for him. Anybody in here ever have children that walk off the path? Anybody ever pray for a relative who's maybe engaging in in some sort of activity that you don't agree with? You pray because you believe that God loves your son or your daughter or your relative more than you. There's a mother or a father praying for their son today. And I want to be an answer to that prayer, not because of who I am, but because the hearts of men are on the heart of God. And if these men are on the heart of God, then they should be on our heart. And if they're not, then the question is, why? Why are they not on our heart? And it's easy to love people when they do everything you want them to do. That's not hard. To love Michael when he does everything I want him to do, that's easy. That requires no effort on my part. But to love someone when they do everything that hurts you, everything that disappoints you, everything that's against what you want for them, you cannot do that in your own strength. It takes an impartation of God's love in your heart. But if my heart is hard, then how can God's love impact it? And so we encourage people, loving these men does not mean that we condone what they do. Loving these men does not mean that we ignore what they do. We don't glorify the sin. We're not repulsed by the sin. But we remember this. God overcame sin through the death uh, and resurrection of Jesus on the cross. The power of sin has been defeated. But because of the presence of sin... We want to walk with men so that they can walk in purity. Because yesterday is gone. You can't change it. But today, today's a new day. And tomorrow can look better. And it can look better because we can extend forgiveness. We can extend mercy. We can extend grace because we've received it first. Now, we also work with men in the church who sin sexually. Pornography, adultery, one-night stands, tinder. There's a lot of sexual immorality in this world today. And what we try to share with men in the church is this. There's a call of God on your life. 1 Timothy 6.11 lays it out very clearly, but it's hard. And we want to encourage men to walk into the light. Walking into the light is difficult. Do you know why? Because shame and guilt are debilitating. Shame causes people to hide. Guilt eventually wears off. But it's the grace of God that transforms lives. And it's the love of God that softens the hardest of hearts. And there needs to be a distinction between men in the church and men of the world. And there should be, and there is, but there needs to be a greater distinction. Because actually for you as a man in the church, you should be a man of spiritual inspiration, not sinful repetition. And that's what we encourage men to walk into the light because you have the Holy Spirit, you have God's word, and there's no sin out there that God can't deliver you from or empower you to walk away from. Temptation is simply an opportunity to respond in a way that honors God. And so we encourage men to walk into the light, that there's hope, that actually the pursuit of purity is a privilege. It's not a burden. And in the pursuit of that purity, you can find joy in serving God. But then it's not just about purity. It's about spiritual wholeness, RMPP, real men pursuing events and weekly mentorship groups. And it's encouraging men that God just doesn't want you to walk in purity sexually, He wants to impact all of your life so that all that you do reflects all that he is. And the number one way we do that is with this question, what do you as a man value? Because whatever you value, you'll pursue. And whatever you pursue, you'll remain committed to. So the question isn't, what are you committed to? Friends, the question is, who are you committed to? With the things that I value, I pursue. I value work. So I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I think we also live in Wisconsin. I think there's some people that value Sunday night football, right? You always make time for the things that you value. What are you valuing? 
and are they worth the eternal commitment that it requires? And we do this through weekly mentorship groups. We do this through events. And as I close, I'd like to give you an example of an event that we did called Are You Listening? You know there's a difference between hearing and listening? Hearing is the natural response to noise. I hear you. You hear me. But listening is the active choice of the heart. And actually to listen to someone is a demonstration of your love for that person. And that's hard for men, no? I want to fix everything. I want to take the nail out of my wife's head and fix her problems because I am Mr. Fix-It. But she doesn't want me to fix her problems. She wants me to learn how to listen to her, how to feel what she's feeling, and to walk with her. My wife isn't dumb. In fact, she's smarter than I am. And so it's areas like this that we challenge men in purity in all aspects of your life. Your work, your values, your boundary, your times of rest, even the words that you share. Are You Kidding was an event that we did on sarcasm. Do you think that sarcasm belongs in the life of a believer? I was greatly challenged in this area of my life. Ephesians 4:29. let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Deeply challenged by this. Again, again, I'm reminded of this final quote. And it's all of Christ must impact all of you so that all that you do reflects all that he is. That the fruits of the spirit and the character of God are coming out in all that you say and wherever you go. That's our ministry to men. And the reason we do it is because of God's work in our life, in my life. And yesterday with the group, I shared this one analogy that I'd like to leave you with as I close. It's a mirror. When you look in the mirror, you see two of you, or you should. Because the first person you see is who you used to be, who you were before you knew Jesus, before his love touched your heart, when you were in your sin, when you were making bad choices, when the consequences of your choices were hurting people. That's who I used to be. But who I am today is a demonstration of God's reality, of his love that touched my heart, of his grace that transformed my life, of his Holy Spirit that empowers me to live a life that brings honor and glory to him. The reason we reach out to these men is we're always looking in the mirror. We're remembering who we used to be, and we want to give hope to men of who they can be. And you may never come to Bangkok and work with me, and that's okay. I invite you to. But there's people in this community who you can be a mirror to. There's people in this community that you can relate to. And there's people in this community that you can walk alongside of and help them grow in purity and wholeness so that their life is a demonstration of the goodness and the grace and the love of God. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm going to invite Dustin Pickett. I know I saw him before, right? Um, Dustin was with us in Thailand back in 2016. He had to meet Chris. and um, We're just going to take some time as a church to pray for, for Chris and his ministry. He is in the thick of it. He's in the streets. There's lots of temptation. There's lots of evil. Talk about spiritual warfare. This is where it's at. So we're just going to spend a little bit of time and pray for him. Dustin's going to lead us. We're going to invite you as a church here. Just extend your hand. And bless Chris, trusting that God is going to use us and our faith to, to bless Chris and his ministry and his wife, Nui, as well. Let us pray. Lord, we have a man here that's been sent out to do the Lord's work. In that time, we pray for protection over him, Lord, because we never know who's going to be in front of him or who you're going to bring to him or who you're going to bring him to. There's a lot of evil out there, Lord, that I saw firsthand. 
But this man here has the courage and the heart to change lives. We pray for him, Lord, that you continue to give him that guidance to show that love, to show that care, and to try to make a change. I pray, Lord, that even in a short testimony here, we can remember those words to listen, Lord, to listen to others as well, to remember what Chris said, and in our own lives, be a Chris Lenthe for others, to be out there as disciples for you, Lord, to make change, to not run away from it, Lord, and to be strong just like he is in the streets of Bangkok, especially in the red light district, Lord, where the men need guidance and they need a friend and they need your love, Lord, through this man here. Surround him with your angels, Lord. Always continue to protect him so he can do your work and to make that change. We thank you again, Lord, for his work that he continues to do and his support system as well, Lord, each and every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dustin. Chris, it is really good to have you here. Thank you. I want you to come up here because uh, I'm not done with you yet. Chris's ministry is faith-based. And uh, he is back in the States for a few months. Uh, and if God is speaking to your heart about how you might partner either in prayer or financially with the MST project and what God is doing on the streets of Bangkok... Uh, would you talk to Chris right after the service? Uh, he'd be delighted to talk to you. Uh, there's also a website. Is that correct? That's right. If you'd like, you can get our prayer card, which you know, outside a family on your refrigerator will make your refrigerator look really good. And, uh, and we'd love to give you one. And the details for our website and Facebook connection is all on the back. Fantastic. So you're going to be available afterward. Uh, while uh, they are receiving this morning's offering, Lord, uh, two things, if you could just uh, share because uh, I really enjoy your teaching, brother. Uh, this is not a location issue. Let's start with that one. And then right. the testimony of the man that you've been working with for a number of years, I think is right. important. Okay. It's easy for us to look at Bangkok and say, oh, this issue just exists in Thailand. But friends, we're believers. We have the ability to look at things with a spiritual perspective. Do you know what that perspective is? There's a global stronghold of sexual perversion. It's easy to focus on the location, red light district. But actually, it's everywhere. It's here in Sheboygan. It's in Orlando. In Europe, you have red light districts. In China, I've heard that it's common for men to have minor wives. In California, the porn industry is huge, and that's where they develop most of online videos. It's not about a location. Don't let the location be your focus. Let the human heart be what you're drawn to. God wants to redeem hearts. God wants to transform lives. So if we close a red light district, great. But if those people haven't been redeemed or restored or transformed, if they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it's good that the location is closed, but eternity is still a real issue for everyone that used to work there. And so you don't have to be drawn to a location. Be drawn to what God is wanting to do in you and through you. And it may be in Bangkok, but it also may be in your neighborhood. It may even be in your home, could even be in your workplace. But wherever it is, understand that there's a stronghold out there and the church must be a place where we're willing to take that stronghold on face to face with the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and to stand for what is right and what is pure and what is holy and to make a clear distinction that that is not suitable for the child of God. And we're willing to go and we're willing to minister to people in the midst of that darkness because 
no matter the bright light of Bangkok, nothing can darken the power or the light of God. And so that's my encouragement to you. Now, this ministry is not easy. It's not like we are able to give out three meals a day and have results to present to you. And actually, somebody yesterday was asking us, what does success look like? And I share with them that success actually looks quite long. Okay, It's not like just a meal, and then I can write a little report and say we gave 9,000 meals this month. But here's a success story. Here's an example that God is at work. This man we met in a red light district, very nice man from Europe. And we began to have a conversation with him. And I'm reminded that when you share the truth of God's word, you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to be rude. Offending somebody isn't the goal. Let the Holy Spirit bring people to a place of conviction. I don't need to help him in that. But I can be nice. I can be gentle. I can be, you know, human with people. And we begin to have a conversation with this man. And we begin to share with him and say, we'd like to be a part of your life. Let's continue to meet outside of this area. Let's build a relationship. And we've met this man over 50 times over the last six to seven years. You know what's amazing? Some of those conversations had nothing to do with God. And some of them had everything to do with God. Sometimes we talk eating ice cream. That's why I look like this. Okay? Sometimes we were at the golf, uh, the golf range. Sometimes we played pool. Sometimes it was just eating a nice dinner together. But I'm reminded about this. Discipleship doesn't have to take place only when you're a believer. Discipleship is simply speaking God's truth into real-life situations and problems. And we began to disciple him, begin give him things to think about. What about this? Have you ever considered this? And then praying for him. Because long after a conversation with him, the power of prayer does not cease. And in fact, no man and no heart can run away from the power of prayer. And then one day we eat and we're at a restaurant. And he says, hey, Chris, I just want to share something with you that happened last Saturday. I said, oh, okay, what's going on? He's like, I've been watching you and watching your staff and friends that you've introduced me to. And there's something about Jesus that I just couldn't get out of my mind. And so I made the decision to accept the Jesus that you love and that I want in my life. That man is a believer today. And it's amazing. But it comes with the ability not to see men where they're at, but to see men where they can be. To walk in obedience to God's call and to be faithful in the implementation of that call. And that's my challenge to you. Who is God asking you to be faithful to? Just because people don't change now doesn't mean they can't change tomorrow. Just because we focus on the sins of men doesn't mean we should change our focus and put it on the hope that's found in God. And that man today is still learning what it means to be a Christian. He's not exactly the next Billy Graham that I'm aware of today, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to work in his life. And I don't know what will happen in 15 years, but I do know this. Tomorrow I'll be faithful to send him the Daily Bread devotional. Next month I'll be faithful to pray for him. And next month we'll continue to trust that God will do a work in his life because who loves this man more than we do? God. God loves this man. And whatever people are in your life that you've given up hope on, God loves them too. And you can be a vessel of love you can be an instrument of grace, and then you can give praise to God as he answers your prayers in bringing transformation to the people in your life, just like he brought transformation to this man in my life. Amen. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. We exist to connect people with God, each other, our community, and our world. And we have that opportunity to connect with our world in a very real way. 
by the team that we're sending uh, to Bangkok. Uh, it seems like a natural fit uh, at this point in the life of this church. Uh, Cindy and I moved here from Bangkok after serving there, and uh, we are delighted that uh, this church is rallying around this particular place in the world where the gospel is so very open and yet Jesus is uh, scarcely known. And so we're delighted to be able to think again about ascending. And, and you know, you've heard me say many times, uh, the strength of the church is not in its seating capacity, but in its sending capacity. Are we sending workers into the harvest field? And I'm delighted that we are. Uh, this particular team that's about to depart uh, began with a meeting of those interested in going to Thailand back in June 2017. That's when this process began. Over a year ago, June 2017. There's a long on-ramp to this process. It's important. Each prospective team member filled out a a rather lengthy inventory about their spiritual life, about their commitment, about their current relationship with Jesus and their family. It's a vetting process because this isn't for everyone. And we make sure that we understand why we are going And through that process of wrestling and searching for God's will, uh, some decided the timing was not right for them. That's cool. That's cool. But we got the number down to 17, which is amazing for this size church, who sensed God is leading us to go. He is calling us to go. And so our first official meeting was September 9th, 2017. Seems like yesterday, doesn't it? Uh, Almost a year ago. And since then, there's been nine official meetings of this team, uh, nearly monthly, and a bunch of meetings in between. They've been busy. Uh, for some of them, they didn't have a passport. And by the way, I recommend everybody gets a passport. All right? Just my two cents there. Uh, they got about their fundraising, $2,000 per person. Uh, I think that's really cheap for nine days in Bangkok, uh, $2,000, uh, seeing as a plane flight is over $1,000. So uh, we're, we're doing this in a way uh, that... Uh, I think is right before the Lord. And uh, so they sent out support letters. They sent out uh, um, prayer requests and and began building a base of of prayer and support. And uh, then here at uh, Southside, we had fundraisers. We had chili talent nights, silent auction, egg rolls, and Thai tea. Remember those days? Uh, We raised uh, over $9,000 from this congregation, which I think is extremely commendable. And understand, none of that $9,000, none of it goes towards the people who are going. That is so we can leave uh, resources and tools uh, for those on the ground to do the work that God has called them to do. So thank you so much for your generous giving. Uh, We're going to uh, attempt to use those monies wisely and invest in relationships and people so that God's work might go forward. Amazingly, uh, 65 people have given from outside of Southside, through Southside. 65 people, family units. That's amazing to me. And so uh, this team uh, went through a very detailed covenant about how they will behave and what they will wear and all of those kinds of things while they're representing us on the other side of the world. More importantly, they're representing the Lord Jesus Christ in his kingdom. And so they have signed off on that covenant. Uh, Each of them has received assignments, some of them speaking, others sharing their testimony. Uh, We're big into relationships. This is not a spectator sport. This is a participant sport. 
And if you're jumping on a, a trip coming out of Southside, uh, this is uh, engagement. That's what we're about. And so they each have their assignments. Uh, they've been in language study, learning basic Thai phrases for months now. Uh, this is going to be fun to watch them use it uh, <laughs> in just a few weeks. Uh, it'll be good. Uh, we've gone uh, through a, a book together, 40 Days Before You Go. We've been journaling our journey together, uh, looking at the various aspects of what we're going to expect. Uh, one of the most exciting things to me is a young woman named Ma Prong, who is Thai, uh, who happens to live in Sheboygan, and uh, through some of the contacts of people in this room, uh, became familiar with the church. And she has been at every single one of our meetings. She is not a believer in Jesus yet. But uh, she sent me an email last week and said, okay, uh, I think I'm ready to be baptized. Uh, what do I need to do exactly? Do I need to give up this, this, and this? So uh, I'm hopefully meeting with Ma Prong. We've had some very open conversations. Her mom came to Jesus in Bangkok. So she's exploring what Christianity means. And she's highly educated and uh, I believe can be used greatly of God. So uh, these are the kinds of things that happen when you step out in faith. What are we going to do? Well, we'll be working with Nightlight. Remember, Jeff and Annie Dieselberg were with us just uh, uh, at the end of June. Uh, we have a partnership with this ministry. And um, uh, we'll be doing chapels to encourage the staff and also the women who are part of the Nightlight family. Uh, the ladies will be going on a bar outreach a couple of them actually, uh, right down into the cesspool and uh, observing what happens on the streets in Bangkok. Uh, the men also will be uh, challenged about what's happening. I just appreciate uh, Chris's perspective uh, because I've lived in Bangkok and it took me a long time to get over the fact that these men need Jesus. I was one that was repulsed and... Uh, 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 really didn't have any motivation to reach out, uh, but God saw otherwise, and my heart has changed, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, we'll be participating in City Light, which is a coffee shop right down in the middle of all that's happening down there. It's kind of a pit stop uh, if you want to take a break from the chaos, and it's a really cool place. Uh, Miko's going to be in concert there. That's going to be really fun. Uh, we'll also be serving with Youth with a Mission, YWAM. Uh, I'm going to take both of the teams to the Immigration Detention Center. Going to blow their mind, Chris? Yes. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, at any rate, um, our brothers and sisters in Christ have faced religious persecution. Many of them flee to Bangkok. It's cheap, it's easy to get into, very difficult to get out of. Many of them have been there for years and years. They no longer have a passport. They no longer have a country. They no longer have an identity, and they're kept in cages. And it's a rather chaotic situation. Uh, it's an embarrassment for Thailand. And yet uh, we want to go with the love of Jesus to uh, those brothers and sisters uh, who are worshiping and trusting in God even for that day's daily bread. And so uh, our team is going to be exposed uh, to a lot of street-level kind of stuff. We're going to be down in the slums uh, working with the homeless. Uh, we're going to go to Deaf Church, which is, will definitely be a highlight uh, for these folk. It's a church made up of uh, a lot of homeless deaf people, which are totally abandoned and rejected, and just where Jesus would be. And so we'll be worshiping, and uh, it'll be a great experience for you to worship 
in a place where there's all sign language. And they're, some of the, these folk will be sharing their testimonies in that place. It's going to be great. Uh, with the CNMA, uh, we'll be also serving with the Evangelical Church of Bangkok, ECB, where Cindy and I were. Uh, CMA missionaries, if you remember uh, Keith Nigenfeind, who was here last year, we'll be connecting again with him, uh, with the Hmong district up in the northern part of Thailand, our Hmong brothers and sisters, uh, really looking forward to our arrival there and the work they're doing with hill tribes in the north of Thailand. Going to be a little different exposure there as well. All kinds of stuff we're going to do. But uh, this is about the team that's going. So I'm going to ask Jeff Beach and Miko if you would come. And uh, they're just going to share one thing that has uh, kind of touched their lives. So yeah, Beach, no, no, no. You don't need to look around. Just come, come, okay. Let's see. Do we have a microphone? Thank you. Good. We'll start with Jeff. Can you say hi to Jeff? Hi, Jeff. All right, hey, Jeff. Jeff, your first time out of the country? Definitely. Good. You excited? Definitely. You scared? Not anymore. God's got me. He does. That he does. Uh, Jeff, tell us about uh, what's happened to you financially and how God has blessed uh, you were struggling there a bit, wondering, would God provide some resources? Tell us about that. Okay. Uh, if I could be a little bit humble today. Uh, you know, I work at the YMCA, and that's a nonprofit, so I just don't make a lot of money there. Um, mm-hmm. matter of fact, I make less than $10 an hour. So $2,000 is a, a lot of money for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what can I do but pray for it, right? And so I did. Um, and then... I got a lot of it about, I got for the $1,300 worth, we had to raise 2000 as Pastor said. Um, and then I started, and then those uh, feelings of doubt and worry kind of came into my mind. Of, Boy, what am I going to do? How am I going to get all this? Are they going to tell me I can't go because I, yeah, that, that's going through my mind. You know, and so I just prayed, and um, Pastor John encouraged me to send out more send out letters again, and all the money came in. It was great. All the money came in. All the money came in, yeah. Are you excited about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And guess what? If God can take care of the money, he can take care of a whole lot of other stuff, too. Oh, absolutely. Right, we're just getting warmed up here, my friend. <laughs> Hang on. You're going to enjoy the ride. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, Jeff came to me last Sunday with tears in his eyes and a check in his hand. And that was another picture of God's faithfulness. Can we trust him, church? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Beef. Challenge. You got a special needs child. You got Greg in charge when you're gone. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, God bless you. Good. Tell us about what you were going through emotionally during that whole thing. It's tough. Um, I think my biggest challenge was leaving Drew. Um, so much anxiety. Um, Leaving him with Greg was a part of it. <laughs> he knows I was going to say this, so I prepared him. But um, I don't have anxiety anymore. I, I don't even know what changed, but God showed me that I needed to let go and trust. And this is just one of the many areas that um, I have let go. And out of faith, because if I let myself go there, I will 
freak out. But um, I'm at peace, whatever happens. You know, I might come back, Drew might have a couple bruises here and there, but, you know, as long as he's alive, that, that's good. <laughs> that's fantastic. But there was a tipping point in which you were able to release this to God's control and give up control. And that settled the issue. Can you trust him for even greater things? Yes. Yeah. I believe that God is going to take this woman's testimony and rock the place. Well, they understand what Bij has been through. And you probably don't know. Uh, God's preparing you. And it's going to be okay back here. Chris, Nui, is it okay when you leave? It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Good, Vish. I'm glad you're on this trip. Good. Miko. Miko does not like public speaking, believe it or not. But you can stand, otherwise we can't see you. Okay. I thought it would have made a difference. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, early on in this process, uh, Miko had an experience uh, that I shared with the team. Uh, this is a picture of the spiritual battle uh, that's going on there and the resistance the enemy has whenever we step out in faith. Miko? Um, well, this is quite loud. You can turn me down, Sam. <laughs> so, Pastor John talked about a book that we were supposed to read before you go. It's 40 days before we leave. And so I had completed the first day. And um, it felt pretty good. It was like, yeah, I'm excited. Just 40 days, I'm going to be leaving. Awesome, great. So that night I went to bed feeling like all refreshed and like prepped and prepared. And that night I believe I had a spiritual encounter. And all I can remember from it was the I was laying on the, my side of the bed and... It was dark. Um, I was like paralyzed, frozen. The only thing that could move were my eyes. And so I'm laying on my back, and right over me, I see this dark figure. Now just imagine like the Grim Reaper standing over you. Mm -hmm. And I could see it just stretching its arm out toward me and trying to like reach or grab me or something. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, oh, great, it's going to get me, it's going to get me. And I couldn't scream, I couldn't do anything. I was, like, dead, um, laying there, but alive, you know. And it felt like it was so real, like I was awake, but then I was sleeping. Um, but I think the one thing that freaked me out the most was that all I could sense was just, like, pure evil. I mean, I don't know if you guys can understand what I mean by that, but... It was just me and that thing. My husband, my family, not even in my mind. God was not even in my mind. Literally, it was just me and that thing, and it was going to get me, and that was going to be it for me. I had no idea what was going to happen after that. But um, luckily, I woke up from it, and I was so like mentally and physically exhausted from it. I don't even know what, what I was, uh, what I looked like, but. Um, Phil did say he could just hear me whimpering. And 
I don't know, it kind of freaked him out a little bit. And, but um, yeah, I don't know, after that, that freaked me out for like a whole week. And I'm like, God, I don't know what it is. Um, and I don't know what's going on, but um, I trust you. And I'm still going to go on this trip, so. Good. And since then, Miko, any reoccurrence of that? Um, I sense there was another reoccurrence, but it was different. I feel like the enemy likes to attack us in all different kinds of angles. And so I had to deal with something last week, although it wasn't an evil spirit. But um, I'm just thankful that's also somewhat over now, too. So, yeah, I just feel like there's this constant like spiritual battle leading right up to it. And I know it's going to be before, during, and when we get back as well. So, Good, good. Thank you three for sharing. That's a great picture of what's going on here. Thanks. Okay. We'll wait for Jeff to be seated. Okay. Now the whole team can come up. I told you, I want you to practice walking, 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 because that's what we're going to be doing, doing, doing. (laughs) Uh, The point of all this is that uh, we go together. It's not these 17 from Southside uh, going to Thailand. It's it's all of us together as a church. Uh, These folk need your prayers and need your prayer support, your prayer covering. And so uh, these are the folk that will be representing you more importantly, representing the Lord Jesus Christ as we go to Thailand, all right? So uh, what I'd like us to do is uh, just reaffirm the fact that we are ascending church, but to do it a little more formally. And so if we would all stand together, if you would, please. And on the screen, uh, we are going to do a responsive reading uh, together. Okay, and as we look at this uh, responsive reading, uh, we'll see we have two parts, the team. Who's the team? Them. Who's the many? Us. Okay, we got the teams down? Are we ready to go? All right. So uh, I'd like you to, in particular, pay attention to the words that you're actually saying because I believe they are important. I believe words are important especially when spoken before a holy God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. And so listen and respond if this is truly your heart. So uh, let's begin together. Team, uh, we will start. Are you ready? Can you all read it? Okay, here we go. In the Gospels, Jesus tells us to go and make disciples and to tell the good news to everyone everywhere. He is sending us out with a promise and power of the Holy Spirit. We commission you as a team. As you go, we also go with you. We promise to go with you, Spirit and On this journey, we commit ourselves to travel together to unexpected places, to walk alongside unexpected people, and to witness God's work in the world in unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. 
On this journey, we promise attentiveness to what God is doing in us and through us as representatives of you, our Southside family. We commit our whole lives to loving God with all our heart, soul, and might. By God's grace and power, may it be so. Amen? Amen. You may remain standing. We are going to close by laying hands on this team and sending them out. You game for that? Yeah. I think this is an important sign of unity uh, between the team. 12 whom will depart this Friday, uh, the rest coming shortly after that. And so I'm going to dismiss this team right back there. So you, team, may go to the back, and you'll be standing right in the center, back that way. Okay. And our kids are back with us because we want to pray as a church family this morning. So let me give us some instructions. Uh, we are going to go and surround them and lay hands on them. If you can't lay a hand on a person that's actually on the team, then the person that's laying the hand on the person that is. Okay? You got what I'm saying? And together, uh, we commission this team to the work that God has appointed them to do while they're in Thailand. We desperately need your prayers. Right? Good. Good. And so... Uh, when, as we do this, we're going to put some requests on the screen. In fact, let's put them up now. And what I'd like us to do is pray out loud together. So when it's time to pray as a church family, we're just going to pray out loud together. Here are some requests. You can see them from any angle. But however God is speaking to your heart, pray that over the team. Make sense to you? If you are comfortable praying out loud. It's kind of weird to pray out loud all together. But much of the rest of the world does it that way. So uh, we'll engage that process. Okay? Those instructions fairly clear? Good. We go together as one church family to the one church family worshiping the Lord in Thailand. All right? Okay, so I'm going to ask if uh, Chris Lenti, you would pray once we're back there. Uh, Chris is going to start us off. And as soon as Chris is done, we're all going to pray together these prayers. Okay? And when we come to a close of that, then Todd Schumann, who is, leads our prayer ministry, will close us all together in prayer. Now, it's going to be weird. You've got to put your hand on something like, oh, my goodness, this is taking like forever. My arm's getting so heavy. Okay, Aaron and her, where are you? Hold the arms up, right? Here we go. Here we go. Okay? So where are you going to go right now, church? Yeah, not out the doors. You're going to go around the team, all right? You're not sneaking out early on us, okay? You're going to go around. So let's head on back, circle this team, and let's pray together. I'd just like to, there's one thing I'd like you to reflect on, and it's this quote from a missionary who was in Thailand for over 40 years. And he says this, he says, you cannot, in his belief and experience, reason a Thai person into faith. But you can 
pray for two things to happen. And in his experience, he's seen Thai people come to know the Lord either through a demonstration of God's love or a demonstration of God's power. And so I'd like to pray that. And I'd like to ask you to join me that this team would be a demonstration of God's love, but also a demonstration of God's power. Father God, we thank you so much for this team. Thank you for uh, this church and the vision that they have to be a sending church. To not look inward, but to look outward and say, Lord, you lead us, you guide us, and we will walk in obedience and faithfulness to the country that you call us to. And it is Thailand. And Father, we pray for the 60 million people in the country, the 12 million in Bangkok, the amazing ministries that this team will work with. And I pray, Father God, that this team, that when they walk, people would know that there is a difference about this group of foreigners, that there is a difference about this group of, they may look like tourists, but there's the love of God that comes through them. In their words, and their actions, and their attitudes, there's the love of God, a love that says, I see you for who you can be, and who you can be is beautiful, being redeemed, restored, and transformed. Would you uh, use them in powerful ways, Father God, ways that maybe they're unfamiliar with, that they don't know, or, or even that they don't expect. I pray, God, that there would be such a demonstration of love and power through this team that people cannot resist that love, cannot ignore that power, Father God, but that they would come and say, there's something different about you. What is it? I want it. Just simply lead me towards it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.